Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit the website and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including special guest Denisha Merriweather from the American Federation for Children. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government. We'll also visit with Larry Reed, endowed, I should say, uh, pre, uh, President Emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education. And Jim McTagg, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief and author of several novels, will be with us as well. It is September the 12th, and on this day in 2009, thousands of protesters participated in the Taxpayer March on Washington, one of the earliest and biggest Tea Party movement events. Marchers in the nation's capital clogged streets near the Capitol, railing against President Barack Obama's health care reform proposals, federal spending, taxes, and support for women's reproductive rights, among other issues. Organizers touted the protest as the largest outpouring of political conservatives. Estimates of the number of protested varied wildly from 75,000 to over a million. I think it was closer to a million. No official crowd estimates were issued. The event was widely promoted on blogs, TV, and radio. The uh, Wall Street Journal reported organizers believe protesters came from all 50 states. Simultaneous protests protests were held in Denver, Dallas, and elsewhere. Marchers in Washington, D.C. waved American flags and held signs that read, Go Greens Recycle Congress, Please Wake Up and Save America, Obama Bin Lion, and We the People, referring to the president's health care plan. Protesters used slogans such as, Obamacare makes me sick and I'm not your ATM. Republican politicians largely embraced the event. The coming weeks and months may well set the course of the nation for a generation, said Indiana Representative Mike Pence, the number three GOP leader. Pence served as President Donald Trump's vice president, of course. Later on in November, several thousand Tea Party protesters rallied in Washington, D.C. against health care reform. In Washington on March 24, 2012, several hundred Tea Party activists called on the Supreme Court to repeal Obamacare, of course, which did not happen. Of course, we had uh, wonderful events here on the Paradise Coast. I happened to MC one uh, here in Naples. Byron Donalds was one of the speakers. It was a terrific event. A real up, uh, upheaval of movement and uh, passion for conservatives here in the United States. While education is a top priority to millions of American families, should be empowered to choose a safe and effective education for their children. To serve that goal, the Heritage Foundation has published the Education Freedom Report Card to serve as a guide for assessing education freedom in each state. Our report card measures four broad categories. Uh, school choice, transparency, regulation, uh, freedom, and spending that encompass more than two dozen discrete factors. In the inaugural 2022 edition of the Education Freedom Report Card, Florida is the top-ranked state across the board. Families looking for a state that embraces education freedom, respects parents' rights, and provides a decent ROI for uh, taxpayers should look no further than the Sunshine State. 
In second place overall this year was was Arizona, a state that it will certainly give Florida a run for its money in light of its recently expanded now universal ESA, or Educational Savings Account. Idaho took third place overall, thanks in large part to a strong ROI from taxpayer dollars and high levels of transparency to uh, parents. In other, uh, other end of the spectrum, New Jersey, New York, and District of Columbia came in 49th, 50th, and 51st, respectively, doing little to provide transparency, accountability, and choice to families. This report card set a high bar for achieving and maintaining education freedom in the states. The goal, of course, is to uh, have annual ranking of states that will not only inform parents and policymakers of what their states do well and where they need improvement, but also will spur necessary and lasting reform. With Florida's overall number one rank, uh, uh, Florida ranked third in school choice, first in transparency, second in regulatory freedom, and seventh in spending. We should be extremely proud of that. I want to thank uh, not only uh, Governor DeSantis, but also Rick Scott for their, both of them did great work with regard to improving education here in Florida. At one point, it was down in the low, in the 40s, now number one. Well, Americans remembered 9-11 on Sunday while with reading victims' names, volunteer work, and other tributes 21 years after the deadliest terror attack on U.S. soil. A tolling bell and moments of silence began in the commemoration at the Ground Zero in New York where the World Trade Center's Twin Towers were destroyed by hijacked plane attacks on September the 11th. Some uh, video shows also some sort of a blaster bomb going out off as well. More than two decades later, September 11th remains a point for reflection on the attack that can reconfigure national security policy and spur a U.S. war on terror worldwide. Sunday's observances follow a fraught milestone anniversary last year, coming more than a month after the U.S. drone strike killed uh, one of the key al-Qaeda figures. We'll still have not brought to justice the perpetrators of 9-11, but we will never forget And uh, speaking of the perpetrators, uh, U.S. military prosecutors are reportedly negotiating potential plea deals with 9-11 mastermind uh, Mohammed, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, and four other conspirators in in prison in Guantanamo Bay. The plea deals may allow the five dependents to escape a potential death penalty. Mohammed is widely credited with being the architect or mastermind of 9-11. The other four defendants are... uh, I can't pronounce their names, so anyhow, there are other guys. Uh, attorneys for the defendants reportedly say that would be willing to enter a guilty plea in exchange for the death penalty off the table, as well as for getting treatment for alleged torture they experienced while in CIA custody. The CIA held each of the five men for interrogation prior to their arrival in Guantanamo Bay in 2006. Clinics argue the CIA's methods amounted to illegal torture, of course, waterboarding and that kind of nonsense, anything but. Uh, James Connell, a defense attorney, uh, did not immediately respond to a request for comment from uh, f- uh, one of the outlets. Mohammed and his co-defendants are charged with crimes including terrorism, hijacking, and 2,976 counts of murder for their alleged roles planning and providing logistical support for 9-11. The trial for the five men has been bogged down in legal challenges for years. Prosecutors attempted to advance pre-trial hearings in late 2021, but there remains no end in sight. Each of the defendants 
have been assigned a military lawyer, a civilian lawyer, and human rights lawyer. The case has come before several different judges, with the latest being Air Force Lieutenant Colonel uh, Matthew McCall. Uh, we will never forget. Uh, to me, taking the death, having some sort of a plea deal on this makes absolutely sen no sense. My thoughts. Well, Ukrainian President uh, Zelensky will be a keynote speaker at a top defense conference in Austin, Texas later this month. Zelensky's keynote address to the National Defense Industrial Association's annual Future Force Capabilities Conference and exhibition will occur over video on September the 21st. Zelensky is expected to make his pitch to U.S. defense companies for more weapons to aid in his country's war with Russia. Uh, NIDIA's board of directors includes uh, individuals who work for defense industry titans such as Raytheon, Lockheed Martin, Boeing, and National uh, Northrop Grumman. Although America is in a recession and faced with high record inflation, President Joe Biden's defense, uh, Department of Defense announced an additional $675 million of weapons for Ukraine on Thursday. Where's this money coming from? Since Russia invaded uh, the country in February, the United States has provided more than $14 billion in aid to Ukraine. Absurd, in my opinion. So, uh, sizzling dining goes on until September the 28th. Now, if you're not aware of it, if you go to sizzlingdining.com, you can see the restaurants here in Lee County and Collier County that are including, they have fixed-price menus, good deals, great deals, on uh, dining, and their, their menus are right there on the website. So you'll see the participating restaurants and the men, uh, menus. Uh, it's a great deal. Uh, and it gives you an opportunity to find out some of the other restaurants you haven't been frequenting in the last year. Sizzledining.com is the website. Well, ABC's The View will compose a written apology to Kyle Rittenhouse and his mother, Wendy Rittenhouse, and deliver it along with a check for $22 million, according to a good reliable spokesperson. The Rittenhouse's spokesman, Joe Barron, says the settlement didn't take long and wasn't very difficult. Apparently, the show's producers have been eager to settle this matter to get them away from all the bad press. In the past few months, stories have been story about Whoopi Goldberg's suspensions and firings, along with reports of more than 11 lawsuits filed have shown uh, show's team wondering if it was worth it all. According uh, to our records, uh, the attacks against The View come from sites pretending to be right-wing propaganda when it actually they're left trolls making fun of Trump supporters. None of the lawsuits have been true so far, but this one definitely is. This, again, according to a conservative news site, $22 million. And, of course, that's just the beginning of the chain of uh, accusations against Rittenhouse for being a murderer and, and so forth. <clears throat> well, not since uh, Harry Truman has a president leased fewer acres of federal land off offshore rights to develop oil and gas resources. Under Truman, offshore drilling was taking just its first baby steps. The Biden administration is purposely strangling U.S. energy development at a time when the world faces an energy crisis, punishing prices for consumers. Has there been any administration so derelict in its duties, so dismissive of American foreign policy and security objectives, and so eager to de uh, deliver political leverage to our adversaries? I don't think so. can't think of one thing this administration has done to enhance and improve the lives of Americans. 
Well, a new peer review study con- concluded that the mortality rate in people who's used ivermectin regularly for was 92% lower than the non-users and 84% lower than in irregular users. Let me repeat that. A new peer-reviewed study concluded that the mortality rate, mortality rate in people who used ivermectin, lower by 92 and 84%. Unbelievable. Do you recall that this was outlawed and uh, the study published in August 31st? Uh, was conducted via a prospective observational study of a strictly controlled population of 88,000 subjects in a Brazilian city. The individuals took ivermectin as a preventive medicine prior to COVID infection since remarkable, saw remarkable reductions in hospitalizations as well as, uh, according to uh, the publication. That is amazing news. And just think about that. Fauci and others uh, remember how they made fun of President Donald Trump and he said he took ivermectin. Other reports said the stuff will kill you. They don't know what they're doing. Well, it turns out they did. Uh, President Trump gave us uh, good information about ivermectin. We should have been using it all along. would have saved hundreds of thousands of lives. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, I'm going to visit with Denisha Merriweather from the American Federation for Children. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. 
or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. I want to remind you that from uh, today to the 16th, first responders or anyone wearing red, white, and blue will receive a 20% discount off of their entree at Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center. It's a small way of honoring this day of our community and our first responders. So again, Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree uh, Shopping Center. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us Denisha Merriweather. She is with the American Federation for Children. Denisha, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob, for having me. My pleasure. Tell us about the American Federation for Children. Yeah, the American Federation for Children, we are a national nonprofit organization, and we seek to um, empower parents with the freedom to choose the best schools that work best for their kids. Um, And that means we work tirelessly to ensure that education freedom is possible. Um, We want for all kids, especially lower income kids, to be able to go to the learning environment that works best for them. And we've seen since COVID that our work is, we already knew it was super necessary, but COVID, you know, crystallized it with parents and they rose up and they are, you know, wanting um, more options for their kids. And it's just an awesome thing. It is an awesome thing. And I think what you're doing is so important. I must say that I don't know if you saw the Heritage uh, Foundation ranked Florida number one in terms of uh, education freedom. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty neat, huh? Yes, I am. I have the honor of being from the great state of Florida, and so it's no surprise to me. Yeah, so tell us about your personal story. Yes, so I went to, you know, my story is um, I, I benefited from school choice which is why I'm involved in this fight and have uh, made it a career Um, in elementary school. I went to my local district schools from K to five and I failed the third grade twice Mm. because I couldn't read. Um, I had a very low self-esteem. I knew I was dumb and stupid Mm. and it was, you know, no help from my instructors and um, no encouragement from my peers, you know, that helped me feel better. Um, The teachers, when I remember, you know, them sighing when I walked through the door, like, oh, here comes Denisha. Mm. And that all changed in the sixth grade. I, one, I started to live with my godmother permanently and she found out about a scholarship program for private school and she put me in a private school that her church had and when i tell you it was like night and day instead of size i was greeted with warm hugs and big smiles um from the time that i started at this school till the day i graduated i went from making d's and f's um believing that i was stupid believing that i was dumb to making straight a's um, and knowing that I could actually go to college and, and make something out of myself. Um, 
every single day was a joy and it, it made all the difference. And I ended up being the first in my family to graduate from high school. I went on to, to college. I graduated from undergrad and went to grad school, got my master's degree. And um, ever since then, I've, I've just devoted my life to this cause. After I graduated from grad school, I had the the great opportunity to work with Secretary DeVos at the U.S. Department of Education. And it was it was a great opportunity for me, especially after graduating from, you know, college. Yeah. And um, now I work for the American Federation for Children to expand more options for students uh, where I founded Black Minds Matter, which is a project of AFC um, to champion for more school choice in the black community. Denisha, very inspiring story, and I'm I'm just <laughs> I think it just underscores the importance of choice, and if parents can make sure that their kids are a great learning environment for them, each child is different. It can make all the difference in the world. Now, uh, you wrote a column. Uh, a school choice advocate calls out Charlie Crist over education policy flip. He thinks we have amnesia. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yes. So during this time of when I benefited from school choice and for in, from sixth to 12th grade, um, I had the opportunity to meet Charlie Chris. Uh, Charlie Chris at the time was governor of Florida. He was a Republican, you know, and I, I say his political party for a reason. Um, and at the time as governor of Florida, he worked to expand choice in the state. I actually had the chance to meet him quite a few times. The first time I met him was at a event in Jacksonville, Florida, which is where I grew up. He did an event in at Potter's House um, school with to congratulate, you know, many corporate sponsors of the tax credit scholarship program, the program that I benefited from. Uh, and on this program, I was the MC. I introduced Governor Chris and um, he, you know, said, you know, same, same like you, inspiring story. This is exactly why I want to work to expand school choice in the state of Florida so more students like you, you know, can have a great opportunity. Um, and, you know, of course, as a, as a high school student, you get to meet the governor. The governor calls you out by name. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and so when he did, he did just exactly what he said he was going to do. He signed an expansion bill. He signed an expansion bill to expand the scholarship program in Florida. He invited me and my godmother up to the state's capital in Tallahassee and uh, to to be there at this bill signing. I was there. I stood behind him as he signed this bill and I received the sign in pen and it was amazing. It was awesome. Um, and that was, again, like I say, as a Republican. However, Governor Chris, he ran again as governor of Florida, but this time he ran as a Democrat and he ran against Rick Scott. And this time around, he said he was going to pull down school choice programs. He said that he was going to defund charters. He said that his, his arm was being pulled. And it was such a slap in the face to have a governor who flip flopped, who changed his position, not only um 
you on a on a policy, you know, just say, oh, I changed my position on policy. No, but he turned his back on kids. Yeah. He turned his back on on li- a lifeline that was being given to students who grew up in similar situations like me. Um, and he's done it again, you know, most recently. Well, I should say he he changed his party again as yep. independent, ran for Senate, and he won. He was congressman for a stint, and now he's coming back as Democrat governor, run as Democrat. And this time he p- picked the teachers union president and, and Miami-Dade to be his running mate. And it is such a slap in the face. He not only turned his back on us once— He's really making his position known that he's going to stand with the teachers unions. He's going to turn his back on students and he's, he would rather fund systems instead of funding freedom. Yeah. Uh, what a story, Denisha Merriweather. Again, uh, the American Federation for Children, uh, do you have a website? Yes. So you can find our website at Federation for Children. Denisha, a really inspiring story. I really appreciate your message. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Bob. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best and building a beautiful 44,000-square-foot performing arts center in downtown Naples. You can find out more and get tickets by visiting 
gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Larry Reed, President Emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education. Right now we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and once upon a time, the U.S. did too. <laughs> exactly. So, Seton, you wrote uh, a piece about uh, Russia energy sanctions. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, it's, I'm, I, this whole episode is just another nauseating chapter in the demise of Western civilization. The reason, you know, no one, I, I, I can't believe how few people stepped back and said, why is the Western all the Western leaders as one unified behind Ukraine and against Putin and Russia. And, of course, the answer is is because they're a bunch of globalist jackasses, and Ukraine has been a money laundering outfit for them for a decade now. Right. Going, going back to 2014, when Ukraine ele- duly elected a pro-Russian leader, and Obama's CIA led a coup to throw them out. This is not conspiracy theory. This is fact. We have Victoria Tenzing's phone call to, I think, another Obama administration official discussing, can we find anybody besides the Nazi in our effort to run Ukraine now that we've thrown out the pro-Russian guy? I remember that. So anyway, tens, hundreds of billions of dollars of our money, government money, which is our money, have gone into Ukraine and left in globalist pockets. That's where... Hunter Biden was getting his Burisma million dollars a year for never having been to Ukraine in his life. Hmm. Uh, Mitt Romney's son, um, Nancy Pelosi's son. Uh, This goes on and on and on. It's been a giant washing machine for everybody's money to become their money. And so they have to go in and hide all the evidence. That's this is a giant (laughs) cover up of evidence is what this is. Hmm. And of course, uh, Vladimir Zelensky, the, the new hero on the global stage, the, the puppet leader of Ukraine, amassed an $800 million, $850 million fortune in the three years he was running the government. Well, gee, how'd that happen? Yeah. Because it, it, was, it was the globalist payoff to Zelensky for running the money laundering outfit, uh, operation. That's what that is. So the sanctions are just more of the same. It's, it's, it's a cover-up of other globalist idiocies. In this instance... Remember, before Putin even invaded, Biden and other globalist leaders started saying, well, gee, if Russia invades, the energy prices are going to go up. No, that's not why the energy prices have gone up. The energy prices have gone up is because they've stopped domestic exploration for oil and ex- you know, use of the, 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 especially in the U.S., the endless, boundless supplies we have. And two, we've been stopping that to go to fake energy, wind and solar and all that. That's why... That's why Europe is shutting down because they went too, too far green. Uh, that's why California is shutting down. They went too far green on top of all the other stupid anti-energy policies they have. And they wanted to blame it on this. Well, if the Russia sanctions on Russian oil, if the sanctions on Russian oil were actually r- responsible for the situation, it would only be true if Russian oil was taken off the global market. Right. That would diminish the global supply. That's not what happens. Right. They sell it to China. They sell it to India. Right. So it's the same amount of oil after the sanctions, after the war, as before. So just because Europe isn't buying it doesn't mean it's not being bought. So it's a total lie that the sanctions have anything to do with uh, global prices increasing. Stupid leftist policies do. And again, this gets us back to 
we're buying all our stupid green energy products from China, mm-hmm. who are making them with coal-fired power plants. Right. India is massively increasing coal-fired power plants and use of oil and gas. Why? Because they're not interested in committing economic suicide. Only we are. And it's just hysterical that the left is insisting we go back to, you know, and Trump puts $20 billion worth of tariffs on, on uh, Chinese or solar panel imports, which are almost entirely from China, and the entire domestic left goes insane, uh, never mind the fact that they're using slave labor and coal-fired power plants and massively subsidizing them to make them. If you'll notice, China leads the world in uh, solar panel manufacturing. They don't use it no. on their grid because it's stupid energy policy, right. and they don't use it. They'll sell it to us all day long, but they aren't, they aren't using it because they're not morons. The Indians aren't using it because they're not morons. And so this gets me back to what I've been saying since September, at least, which is we need a, a border carbon tax. If we're going to screw ourselves into oblivion, let's at least do it domestically and, and hire Americans to do it. Yeah. Right now, we have a fake domestic industry where the entire thing is manufactured in China. They ship it over. We, we tighten two screws and, hey, magic, presto, it's, it's domestic. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and the, you know, again, I, I'll say it again. When Trump did the tariffs and they said, you're killing the domestic uh, solar panel industry. And I said, if it's a domestic solar panel industry and tariffs hurt it, it's not a domestic solar panel industry. Because the tariffs only apply to imports, you clown show. No, that's right. So, you know, again, we're the only country, the Western civilization is the only, uh, only countries committing suicide in the name of this lie. And so we have to at least attempt to try to balance the playing field a little in that regard. No question. You know, Seton, I read uh, that we have something like 15 uh, coal-fired plants here in the United States. China has thousands. So we're going to... And they're opening new ones. Yeah. They've opened more more in the world this year than every other country in the world combined. So we want to close down our power plants, our uh, coal-fired power plants, in order to solve the problem of global warming (laughs) Uh, yeah it's just uh, it's just so stupid on so many levels it's it staggers anyone with an iq of above nine on a warm day yeah but i also want to underscore the importance of the point you made about the money laundering and you know uh zelensky and what's going on there you know i i haven't seen absolute proof of that but i certainly believe it well the panama papers came out and the Panama Papers is a bunch of glo- is a bunch. It, 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 there's there's some banks in the Caribbean that allow you to hide money. Uh huh. And Zelensky's listed in there. Well, he was a stand-up comic who became a leader three or four years ago. How did he get eight hundred fifty million dollars in the Panama Papers? <laughs> it's just unbelievable, Seton. Uh, the the. But let's raid Trump's house again. Yeah, exactly. Seat Miley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. I encourage you to visit the website, lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on uh, Facebook. Seaton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Happy Monday. Thank you. You as well. Thank you. And by the way, uh, you know, we want to have, make this a white hat, black hat kind of issue with regard to Russia and Ukraine. You know, uh, it could be a black hat, black hat affair. 
And quite frankly, I have my suspicions that's exactly what it is. In other words, there's no good good players in this in this deal, including the United States right now. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Larry Reed. Larry is the president emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to visit with Jim McTagg. Right now we have with us Larry Reed, President Emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education. Larry, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. My pleasure. Larry, tell us about the Foundation for Economic Education. Okay. Your listeners can learn a great deal about us by visiting our website, which is fee.org. We educate and inspire young people and ideas of individual liberty, free enterprise, uh, private property, and personal character. And we do that not only through the website, but through in-person and online events that are held for students and other audiences all over the world. Terrific organization, FEE.org. I must say I've gone to national conferences here in the United States, and uh, it's great to see young people celebrating freedom and responsibility. It's uh, If there's a young person in your life, high school or college age, uh, introduce them to FEE.org. Larry, you wrote a great piece uh, on Jesus would support student debt forgiveness not so fast. Maybe you could tell us about it. Okay. 
The piece I wrote that you referenced, Bob, uh, was in response to a Time magazine commentary of a few weeks ago in which the uh, two co-authors made the case that uh, Jesus would support uh, the Biden uh, student debt forgiveness plan. And uh, uh, those authors cited two things uh, to support their case. One was that Jesus, uh, in the Lord's Prayer, actually uh, uh, urged people to pray for debt forgiveness. And then the other thing uh, that they referenced was the uh, practice of jubilee, of debt forgiveness every 50 years in the Old Testament. Now, take uh, those one at a time. The uh, passage that they were referring to from the Lord's Prayer was the uh, well-known line, uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive those uh, who, or uh, forgive our, uh, wait a minute, let me get it right. <laughs> <laughs> forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. That's right. Forgive us, forgive, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now, that's actually a mistranslation because uh, the word trespass or trespasses mm-hmm. uh, is more appropriate in that case because what Jesus was referring to um, were sins. Forgive us of our sins, not of our car payments or our student loan uh, debt <laughs> or our home mortgages. He was talking about sin. Forgive us of our sins. That's a request of God, and also um, it suggests that we should forgive others of the sins they commit against us. That has nothing whatever to do with uh, student loans or the kind of personal economic debt that uh, uh, those authors were referring to. Right. Uh, Yep, and then the other part, the Jubilee, the every 50-year practice in the Old Testament uh, uh, in Israel— of forgiving debts, uh, that actually was not a debt forgiveness, as is commonly thought of. That was uh, really the paying off of a lease, is what it amounts to, and it was celebrated every 50 years. Um, uh, It's a very different thing. So uh, those authors really completely misconstrued uh, the Old Testament, and I suspect that they were more interested in advancing their political agendas than they were in being faithful to um, uh, the Word of God. No question, and uh, you know, and I think you could also make the case that in fact Jesus would support not get debt forgiveness, but debt payment. Yeah, he would say, "Keep your word." I think. Yeah. He would say, "Don't make a contract with somebody and then walk off and break it and expect uh, the other people to eat the uh, <laughs> the difference uh, that you owed, uh, because that's a form of stealing." And uh, Jesus upheld the uh, uh, Ten Commandments, including the um, commandment that says, Thou shalt not steal. So uh, to, he, he never said anything like, uh, uh, you know, uh, keep your word and honor your promises, unless a politician lets you off the hook and transfers the responsibility to innocent parties. Uh, he never said anything like that. He, he never said, thou shalt buy the votes of some with money seized from others. He never said, thou shalt foist the burdens you chose onto those who didn't choose them. Uh, so it's re- absurd to think that he would uh, uh, have anything positive to say about this debt forgiveness of, from the Biden administration. In fact, I, I recall biblical quotes that suggested that we should leave unto Caesar the things that are uh, Caesar's and the things that are... God, in other words, in other words, that uh, you know, the two worlds are separate, and we have to live our lives with responsibility. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, there's nothing in the teachings of Jesus that suggests that people should be irresponsible; that they should uh, 
Uh, I mean, can you imagine uh, what would happen if the word uh, got out that, no, Jesus really does favor uh, debt forgiveness, uh, like this uh, student loan thing? Um, people would start to uh, to say, well, uh, let's, get, let's uh, uh, encourage... Uh, uh, debt. Let's go into debt because we can just later say, "Hey, let us off the hook." Yeah. I mean, that would uh, be a terrible situation. It would destroy the capital market for one thing. Well, the whole notion of uh, forgiveness and the, the notion of forgiving trespasses—that makes all the sense in the world. But forgiving debt, no, not so much. That's right. And in the case of uh, what Jesus actually said, uh, it's a very personal thing. He, uh, he's suggesting each of us ask God to forgive us of our sins, and then uh, we as individuals <clears throat> are supposed to search our hearts and find forgiveness uh, for those, especially those who have requested, uh, but those who sinned against us. Uh, it's not some collectivist thing where you know a whole class of people get their economic debts forgiven and foisted onto innocent people. So true. Again, Larry Reed, President Emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education. Again, the, the website is fee.org, F-E-E.org. I hope you'll check it out. And again, refer it to uh, loved ones in your family who are high school and college age. Good for kids of all ages, including you and I. Larry, I always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Jim McTagg. He's former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief. He retired, and he's written since retirement in just a few years, three novels. They are just blockbuster reads. I just enjoyed them so much. The first is Father the Leader. Its sequel, Shake the Money Tree, and its uh, sequel, uh, No Problem. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Here on the Bob Hartman Broadcasting Network. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere 
that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, among other things, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative, and you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us Jim McTagg, as I mentioned before the break. He's retired as the Washington Bureau Chief for Barron's Magazine. He's also now written several books, his latest, No Problem. Jim, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure, Bob. I'm uh, looking out uh, at the rain and loving it, four four days in a row of uh, rain. And I was um, thinking that uh, we once had a popular word in our political vocabulary. It was called backlash. Mm -hmm. And I haven't heard that word in many years, and I think backlash is back in play as the economy unravels uh, just before the midterm elections. Well, yeah, Jim, uh, let's, the president of the United States says our economy is vibrant and growing. Could that not be true? <laughs> uh, it's funny. It's growing, uh, but at a slower and slower pace. Mm-hmm. And in certain areas of the country, uh, the real estate markets already have collapsed. I'm thinking of uh, cities like Chicago. Um, you know, manufacturers have slowed production. So, so uh, you know, the positive numbers you see now are manufacturers delivering on old orders. Mm-hmm. You know, new orders are, are down. Uh, car sales have suddenly fallen off a cliff as uh, buyers refuse to uh, continue to pay up for, for old cars. And, they, and you know, they don't want to wait around for a new car for months after paying for it. So um, the, the fact is that uh, I, I, I think the, the Fed tightening is uh, cutting across all sectors of the economy, and, and it's happening at, at a much faster pace than the policymakers appreciate. Uh, another random thought. Have you ever seen a picture of a uh, Federal Reserve chairman shopping in a supermarket? Never have, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think these guys are out of touch. You know, it's the ivory tower syndrome where they're, they're waiting for um, – data that will tell us what happened in july (laughs) when right now if you just go out in the world you can see that the uh, real world impact of your policies is uh, already beginning to put people out of work so let's let's talk about uh, two things first of all how's this affecting the markets financial markets and then also how's it affecting the midterm elections in your opinion yeah the well the financial markets are in complete disarray. I mean, the fear, I think the fear factor in, in, in the market is, is 
elevated among uh, your average investor. I'm not talking about the traders, but your average investor has retreated. Uh, you know, our, our portfolios have taken huge hits so that the, um, the, the so-called uh, wealth effect you know, between that and falling home prices, uh, the wealth effect has become a poverty effect. People, mm-hmm. people are beginning to uh, understand that uh, they can't spend freely and they have to hunker down. So I think this puts a, um, a negative uh, pall over the entire country. And it's, it's going to come back and uh, really burn the uh, Democrats in the midterm elections. Now, now I'm still predicting that the stock market th- for the rest of the year will behave like a typical midterm election year, uh, even with the unusual circumstances of uh, the Fed running off its portfolio in a war in, in Europe. And the reason I say that is, you know, you can't predict the direction of the stock market. You, you just take a very good guess based on probabilities. And since World War II, uh, midterm election years have seen the markets advance between October and at least May mm-hmm. um, uh, f- for, for 87% of the time. So uh, the market has behaved as it does typically in midterm election years so far. You know, the great confusion and the roller coaster rides, uh, that, that's typical. So, so uh, investors, when they see, oh, and, and regardless of the political outcome, the markets always improve between, or 87% of the time between October and May. So, um, you know, that's my prediction, and I'm sticking to it. No, it makes sense. But you know what? There's it, that 13% chance markets could go down. And I also recall a, a period, I've forgotten the date now. I think it was October, where markets crashed. I think it was in the 80s, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, well, you know, actually, uh, when Trump was elected president, the markets were horrible in October, but they recovered nicely in November. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, I'm predicting, you know, I'm looking at what the calendar, what the markets have done calendar-wise most of the time. Uh, but, it, you know, it's that old uh, uh, warning you see on labels everywhere, uh, you know, past performance is no indication of future performance. So again, you're just taking a guess. And, you know, most of us are, you know, the S&P 500 is, is down about uh, 8%. Uh, you know, our, our portfolios are probably down uh, over 12%. So if you want to recover some of that money, you have to take a gamble and maybe uh, invest in October and hope the market will go up. Uh, Otherwise, it's going to take years to recover uh, this year's uh, losses in the market because of Fed policy and uh, a looming recession that will probably bite the hardest in uh, 2023. Yeah, no, I think we've been whistling past the graveyard for years now with this accommodative easing and all the things that have been going on. I don't know how how we talk our way out of this or... or uh, it, it, we've just got ourselves a real financial crisis, in my opinion. Yes, I mean, the Fed is selling its mortgage bonds, and it's selling its treasuries. And and as the uh, skeptics are noting, you have to find buyers to replace the Fed, or else we're going to have a so-called liquidity crisis where uh, there's more selling than buying, and then then 
prices plunge. So if the price of mortgage securities plunge, for example, uh, mortgage rates for consumers are going to be well above the uh, 6% they're at now. Um, Treasury rates, uh, if if they begin to to climb, uh, that's just going to throw the entire uh, market into a turmoil. I mean, a lot of money market funds depend on on stable, fairly stable treasury prices. So uh, the consequences uh, are just too painful to imagine. And to your point, we've been whistling past the graveyard, and I don't think the Fed knows what the final results of the the big uh, quantitative easing experiment will be. At this point, it looks like it's uh, going to be nightmarish for most of us. Yeah, so, and I would imagine you're uh, thinking we're going to see uh, increased inflation over time? Well, I'm actually wondering if we might have see a return of uh, inflation. Hmm. I, I, I mean, a lot of the inflation was created by the government because because deflation was so bad. We forget we forget about the deflationary period already, but uh, we could easily have a return. I mean, commodity prices are down across the board now. Part of the reason is the Chinese economy is almost totally shut down because of uh, their silly COVID uh, lockdowns. They have something like 64 million people under house arrest. Uh, to you know, to, to prevent the spread because they don't have a, a they don't have any vaccines and and uh, they must know something about the uh, bug which I think they created that we don't know, um, but that's having a, 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 a huge negative impact on the, on the global economy. Copper prices are are way down, and that's weird because you know in your average car, for example. Uh, your internal combustion engine car, there's something like 25 pounds of copper. Wow. In an EV, 200 pounds. Wow. Jim McTague, again, former Barron's Washington Bureau Chief. I hope you check out his great novels, uh, Murder Mysteries. Uh, first is Follow the Leader, its sequel, Shake the Money Tree, and latest, No Problem. Jim, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. I'm sorry to be so gloomy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't it just telling the truth is okay. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, uh, tomorrow we're going to visit with Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. We'll also visit with Mark Schulman, the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. We're talking about current global affairs. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. <laughs> so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.